on July 18, 1936, at Gondo in the Canary Islands, a short, balding, barrel-chested man in a gray suit, carrying a Spanish diplomatic passport in the name of José Antonio de Sagrenes, boarded a private seven-seater de Havilland Dragon Rapide aircraft that had arrived at Gondo three days previously and had been waiting on the tarmac for him ever since. The plane had been chartered for the substantial sum of two thousand pounds, one hundred fifty-six thousand dollars today, anonymously deposited into a special account in Kleinvort's bank in London, and it had been flown to the Canaries under conditions of greatest secrecy from Croydon Aerodome in England. Before taking off from Gondo, its pilot, Cecil Bebb, a sometime British military intelligence officer, had been instructed to make sure of the identity of his passenger by giving him the bottom half of a playing card and asking the passenger to supply the top half, which would have been peculiar orders if the passenger were an ordinary diplomat, and this were a routine charter flight. In reality, however, Bebb's passenger was Francisco Franco Bahamonde, at 44, the youngest general in the Spanish army and former commander of the Foreign Legion during the ill-fated Rif Rebellion against Spanish and French rule in Morocco. A vocal critic of his country's five-month-old socialist government, he had been sequestered in the Canary Islands as the military commandant after being dismissed from his post as military chief of staff. And now, he was on his way from exile in the Canaries, almost a thousand miles by sea from Spain, to rejoin his old troops in Spanish Morocco and lead them to the mainland as part of a carefully plotted military coup against Spain's democratically elected regime. The republic whose government Franco and his co-conspirators wanted to overthrow had been established only in 1931, when the first free elections in nearly 60 years led to the abdication of King Alfonso XIII. Spain had spent centuries under the control of the landed aristocracy, the Catholic Church, and, more recently, the new industrial oligarchy. In an effort to break that control, the new republic's constitution, passed in December 1931, granted women the vote, legalized divorce, discontinued state funding of religious orders, made free primary education compulsory, and supported the concept of autonomy for the nation's linguistically disparate and historically independent regions. This young and eager Spain has at last arrived at its majority, the Republicans claimed. But its government was so unschooled in practical politics and included so many conflicting elements, from the reform-minded socialists to the conservative anti-monarchists to the radical anarchists and in between, that a unified, consistent approach to Spain's chronic problems of worker disenfranchisement illiteracy, poverty, and industrial underdevelopment proved impossible to achieve. 
and the country's vested interests, the army, the holders of the vast estates called latifundias, the mine and factory owners, and the church, viewed most steps toward reform as the beginnings of communist revolution, a not uncommon reaction in the Europe of the 1930s. Many among them saw an alternative in the vision of the ascendant fascist leaders Benito Mussolini and, increasingly, Adolf Hitler.